Yo, welcome back to season two of Techish. We back. I'm Michael Bay. It's Abadesi here. Abadesi with a slight cold. Yeah, sorry. My voice <laughs> is recovering, but I'm 100% here. But that's the dedication that we have to our audience that we came back. I know. I'm really excited for season two. By the way, thank you for doing a special episode without me. <laughs> is that sarcasm? What are you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad that I missed it. I know. To be fair, I was like upset that you weren't there. Genuinely, I was like, it would have been better. If we you just were need there. to have her back on the show again when we're both here. Yeah. So Arlen Hamilton, we didn't mention who it was yeah. yes of course Arlen Hamilton of Backstage Capital and of the Gimlet startup podcast series which was dope yeah it's awesome for us that she decided to come on like and it's a real cosign that we appreciated um yeah listen back to the episode if you haven't listened to it just yet and I mean clearly we're one of the most important tech podcasts on the radio right of now all time <laughs> all time you know how we do that's us just cash just yeah. cash so we're both back we've both been on holiday two separate holidays uh, but this has been in the motherland Lagos Nigeria yeah that was awesome it was so good I want to go back uh tell us more um it was hot <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, was humid uh, thanks, bro. Uh, it was just good to be, you know, back with my people and not be like the only brown face in the room. Uh, <laughs> it was quite funny because I went with my partner, Ben, so he became the only white face in the room. Oh, Lord. A nice little role reversal there. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. It was actually incredible to see how much Lagos has changed mm. since I was last there. Like, Which was when? 2006. That's a long time, yeah. Things can change. So yeah, we got an IMAX now. We got like <laughs> food trucks, like, you know. That's dope. We're developing, we're developing. And the tech scene's amazing. Oh, did you check out the tech scene? Um, I was able to just like chat to a few people who are making things happen in the community, which is really cool. Um, it must be said that we probably need to get more consistent high-speed Wi-Fi mm. across the city. I think once that happens, it'll be a lot better for everyone. But it was mm. still cool to see people using social media to either advance their own entrepreneurial ventures or just like, you know, critique the government, like speak out for progress and speak out for change. There are a lot of really exciting things happening. And I think, especially with the way politics is going around here, it makes me think about what will happen as I get older and mm. whether I'll you know, be more interested in launching ventures over there than over here. Because sometimes, which we've spoken about before, it can feel quite hostile as a person of color trying to you know, make a successful venture over here. Mm. And sometimes I think once you go over there, the barriers that you face here totally disappeared now mm. that's not to say that you don't then face new obstacles other barriers basically right um but they're ones which are probably like you know less emotional and like less tied to mm. your self-worth so mm. it really it really got me thinking actually and i'd be curious to hear how other people in the diaspora mm. feel about that because um yeah i've got some friends from asia for example who've launched ventures here and are now thinking oh, in the uk yeah, here in okay. the UK, in London, who are now thinking, oh, you know, I'm just going to go back to Southeast Asia because oh, I real? can leverage my network there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was it was a really, really, really good trip. I want to hear about your trip. So I was in South America, a few places for um, my 30th birthday. Yes, I'm old. Mm-hmm. And, um, You're younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I was in Argentina, Peru and Brazil, and it was a quick whirlwind tour. In two and a half weeks, and now I'm back. That's about it, really. I don't want to bore people. With my, I feel like you were gone for ages. Yeah, it did feel like a while. It's because I see you every week. So when you're gone, I was just like, oh, where's Michael? Uh, <laughs> we literally haven't seen each other like in this intervening time. People might think, oh, yeah, they hanged out. Like, in, no, you know, this is the first time I've seen you since the last episode that we were recorded. I know. So it's a catch up as well as a, you know, yeah. new episode. But okay, let's, I think, uh, I don't want to bore, bore people with our personal lives. So let's get, <laughs> let's get popping with Winners and Losers. Definitely start with the Carters, Mr. and the Mrs. The Carters. Have you listened to the album? 
So I listened to that first track as soon as it dropped on the internet. I was like camping in the countryside <laughs> and I streamed it. Like I found 4G, got it up. And I like from the second the video started playing, I was like, they've killed it. They've <laughs> killed it on the art direction, on everything. Mm. Also, how do they keep it a secret? Yeah, I think somebody said that I want um, Malia Obama to have the same team that Beyonce has because there's never any leak. That's what I'm talking about. Malia Obama, every time she's at, she's at uni, like somebody's, oh, here's it's this so picture true. of her smoking and like with a boyfriend and it's like yeah. just mad snakes around. Like, and For they sure. got a tight team. Like, I think they must have even filmed some of that content. Um, while they were here in Europe on their tour. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, Jay's got the same same haircut, so I'm guessing it's <laughs> yeah. same same throw. Like, so I'm guessing it's this thing. Um, did you listen to it on Tidal? Or did, you, did you stream it on YouTube? What did you do? So I just streamed it on YouTube because the video. I, yeah, uh, so I've only heard that one track so mm. far. Um, I don't have Tidal. Is yeah, that bad? No, me. It's alright. I don't have that. Either. <laughs> I'm meant to be the conscious work consumers. Like we ain't got Tidal. We're not supporting black business. Yeah, man. I'm entrenched in that Spotify ecosystem. Yeah, Spotify's got me. The thing is, like, I saw this funny tweet and it was just like, the title users are comprised of Jay-Z and Jay-Z's like thousands of incognito tabs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true that like, anecdotally, I do not know that many people who have a title subscription. Yeah, none. I, I mean, know I know any. people that got it for like the Beyonce album, yeah. Lemonade. They'll get the free like, uh, I don't know, however many months. It's like get one free. month trial. One month trial, spin up the album and then bye, ciao, see you yeah. later. Nobody's signing up basically, right? So what does this new surprise album by the Carters, a.k.a. Beyonce and Jay-Z, mean in terms of like cultural impact for black couples, black marriages, black communities? I'll let you take that one. No, because there's been a a lot of chat about, um, you know, reconciliation and forgiveness. And the fact that um, there's already a very well-known narrative around Jay-Z's cheating on Beyonce. Infidelity, right? Yes, exactly. So we had the songs in Lemonade. And what people were saying is that they they are grateful for the fact that they're working through this in a public forum to in a way show that you know it can be done and show and, that and also know. monetize their I mean their, I was gonna come to that <laughs> and also monetize their drama like let's not get twisted uh, like I was gonna come to that this is basically <laughs> like really high end couture like shade room stuff like instead of just being on the shade room it's like we're gonna do it in our albums and it's gonna be limited release only on our platform that we own mm. and we're gonna monetize the hell out of it and more mm. power to them like mm. I think what it says about you know black love, black couples, whatever, whatever. I don't think it says anything apart, apart from what's going on within their relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't want to extrapolate mm-hmm. this and say it means anything on a, on a grandiose level. I don't have that kind of... Ooh, well, the beehive might beg to differ with I you don't there. Know. I mean, some people, some, a lot of them haven't really forgiven Jay, though. A lot mm. of the tweets that I've seen about the Beyonce album is kind of like eye roll about that Jay's on the album. Mm. And people are grateful that Jay's pretty much only doing like a couple ad-libs here oh, and there. Really? Yeah, like people, oh. I don't think people have forgiven Jay. Like, um, And do I blame them? I don't know in it, man. I'm, I'm not going to... Uh, throw stones at Jay but like I found it interesting though like how um, so there's a line on the album that mm-hmm. I found that I'm going to quote yeah and obviously we're tech-ish so it's kind of semi-tech and semi-cultural so it's mm. like Beyonce says patiently waiting for my demise because my success can't be quantified if I give two fucks about streaming numbers would have put Lemonade up on Spotify oh <laughs> she's very shocked at Spotify and she's basically saying here like listen all these streaming numbers you can miss me with that. You can't quantify wow. what I am, basically, right? Wow. So, I was talking about this. I, I recently guest appeared on um, Rice at Home, nice. which is a business podcast that's also out here in London. Like, shout out to them. And we were talking about the whole streaming wars and whatever, whatever. Like, yeah. And just to go on a quick tangent, I was like, when I was at uni learning about business, we were told mm. competition is good for consumers. Yeah. Right. That's what we've been told. So, here we have now where 
we have a fragmented market now of multiple mm. streaming platforms mm-hmm. and the consumer's kind of been screwed. Yeah. Don't get twisted because I'm not signing up for three or four platforms. Because <laughs> if another true. big artist is like, I'm setting up my own streaming platform. If Drake's like, I'm setting up my own streaming platform yeah. called Drizzy, Drizzy Fi, for yeah. example, right? Copyright that name. And, um, yeah. and he's like, only my shit's going to be, I'm not signing up for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The only person I would have done it for is Michael Jackson, but he's not here no more. So, yeah. Rasa Ra. I think like, you're absolutely right. When we talk about competition being good for consumers, we are thinking of things like price, right? Yeah. So obviously more competition drives down price, but what we forget in that model is things like exclusivity. Yeah. So what happens when you as the supplier, in this case, the creator, the artist can say, I will exclusively provide this material to you, to yeah. your one platform. Yeah. Then we are screwed because yeah. it's like, well, I've already like invested in this and it's SaaS. It's yeah. software as a service. Yeah. I'm renewing every model. month. Right. Now, now you're going to force me into having another recurring payment every yeah. month just listen to one album like yeah. seriously it's crazy but actually you know what breaking news mm. when i was on my way to the studio to record here yeah my friend said actually they've just released the album on spotify oh so rejoice. i was listening rejoice. to it i was that's, that's how i was listening to it just now before we get uh, started to record and i like the album so far it's dope but on a business level it's like have they kind of just kowtowed and just gave up and said you mm. know what despite what the line i just quoted from the album yeah. I think maybe they've they've succumbed to pressure and it's like we can't actually do this where we've got our only our stuff on yeah. gardened on this platform and, and like millions of our fans are not gonna be able to listen to it. And if they do, they're just gonna pirate it. I pirated four four four, like I'm keeping it one hundred. Oh. I'm a J fan, but mm-hmm. bro, like I'm like yeah. what more do you want from me? Kind of hey, thing, man, right? You're bootstrapping. I'm bootstrapping out here. I ain't got VC <laughs> money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So um I think if you if your whole image is about how you put the community first to do something like release it on on the platform you own and then deny people on another platform the opportunity to listen to it like mm, that's a contradiction you can't so. be the two things yeah definitely depends how you view community though because he might say listen I'm doing ownership right now mm. and all of our artists have been historically screwed over if you're going from way back to like way back in the day till now and he probably mm. sees the the small amount of money that artists get from Spotify as a continuation mm. of that. Mm. So he's saying, I'm about ownership. I'm giving all the quote unquote black artists ownership here. And yeah. even if you sign up to title like uh, Kanye and all the yeah. artists that originally did sign up for title, they got a percentage of title. Right. And there was actually a bit of beef between him and Drake in the sense right. that Drake refused to sign up for title mm. as an artist and went for Apple. Apple offered him 20 mil wow. cash up front. Damn. Whereas Jay said, listen, and he said this in a few bars, like subliminally, like I was mm. about giving you 2.5%. And I think people worked out that that 2.5% would have been worth more than the 20 mil. Yeah. So it gets really like... Theoretically. Theoretically speaking, if they ever exited. But they, yeah. they had an investment from Sprint. I don't, I don't know these American companies. Yeah. They invested in title and the valuation would have meant that 2.5% on paper was worth more right. than that 20 mil up front. Theoretically. So, theoretically speaking. <laughs> I mean, but we work in tech and this whole thing is it's all paper wealth. Like, yeah, but I, I, I take 20 million cash from Apple. Up front, right? I mean, come on. Come on. Oh, what would you know. take? You wouldn't take the equity? Uh, what yeah, if there's no capital point. event? Yeah, yeah, Jay-Z yeah. has no incentive to liquidate title. Man's loaded. No, he had, I think, I mean, he took investment and they took the cash injection. So I don't know whether that was money just taken off the table or whether that was money reinvested back into title. We don't know. That might have been given back to the shareholders. Is there any evidence to show that artists that signed to title from, from now mm. will have better deal than Spotify? In better terms deal of payout sense, per though. play, payout per stream? Uh, they get more per stream, yeah. Okay. So, um, I the mentioned the audience this, yeah. is smaller. The audience is smaller, so that's overall, correct. So overall um, revenue is yeah. likely to be smaller. So if you've got, you get payout per stream more, but mm-hmm. then you have equity ownership, yeah. that's an enticing deal. I'm not going to lie to you. To me, that is quite enticing. But yeah. I agree with you because yeah. my personal life on a much, 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 much smaller scale, if someone comes to me and says, I got this app I want to build, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay you. I'm going to give you <laughs> equity, right? 
Yeah. I'm not saying yes. Like, I'm like, not. give me the moolah. I want the cash right yeah, now, man. right? Because there's no guarantee. Like, I could you don't pay my rent. Exactly, right? But then if I'm in a position where I'm already, I don't know, I've already got 100 million in the bank yeah. and somebody credible like Jay-Z comes to me, yeah. I'd have to consider it. If Elon Musk, okay, I know we bring this guy up, guy all the time but let's say Elon Musk came to me mm. I've got this business venture I'll give you equity versus if some like other person was like I'll give you 20 mil I'd yeah. have to seriously consider it right yeah so yeah I don't know it's difficult what do you think it's you, hard you're taking the money right I mean I, I in in that specific example I'm like I don't disagree with Drake I think it made sense um one of the things that I want to ask you is more around like the quality of the content that's being created. So you've heard the album. Mm. I've only heard one track. Mm. The track is okay. It's not yeah, fire. It's like not, if it's it not. didn't have that great video, yeah. I'm not sure I'd like it as much. So I want to hear from you. Is, is it a solid album? You know rate what? It, rate it out of five stars. I can't do that because I've, I've literally <laughs> just heard it on the bus over here. I'm okay. not one, in this era. I was so quick to be like, it's a classic or it's mm. a dead thing. Like after like it's been out for a day, so I got to sit with it for a little while. But what I heard, I liked. What I heard, I genuinely liked. And I'm I'm a J fan. Mm. I'm like I'm not a Beyonce stan. I like Beyonce. Younger just yeah. I think everybody likes Beyonce to a certain extent. Like yeah. if you're alive and got a pulse. Um, but it I sounded prefer- so, it sounded solid to me. I was glad that they put it on Spotify and I wanted to hear it. Because like what I want to know is like is there just going to be an album every time they have some kind of life event like Blue Ivy's first day of school? Why not? Like Joy Elmo? Like- why not? It's a whole new world now. It's a whole <laughs> new model. Like they own so. their own platform. Like why can't they? I guess you know. So. And they've got their they've got direct access to their consumers. Mm. Think about it, Jay has access probably to all the email addresses, mm. hashtag GDPR, but he has... <laughs> hashtag GDPR. And that actually happened while we were away. Yeah, it did. The mailbox apocalypse, that was crazy. Oof. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Painful memories, yeah. So, <laughs> so he's got access to like, I don't know how many subscribers they got. Let's say they got 5 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got 5 million email addresses. Yeah. That's powerful. Convert that that's into pow- a concert ticket yeah, that's mailing powerful. list. Do you know how many artists... Um, I have no idea who their consumers are. Yeah, that's a good point. If you buy my album on point. iTunes, mm. I don't know who you are. Yeah. And um, Ryan Leslie, uh, also a musician, yeah. he released a, an app that was like meant to fix that problem where you could mm. have access to your actual consumers and know who they are. Yeah. And you would sell your album off your own Shopify website as opposed to iTunes nice. so that you would know who they are, the location. And then when you yeah. have a concert, you can retarget them and say... Right, okay, I've got a thousand fans in Ireland. Yeah. With these are the email addresses. I can go do t- a concert there. I like that. Whereas, that's smart. That's smart, right? But Jay's got that in abundance. He knows where yeah. everyone is and who's listening to what. And that kind of data is powerful. Like, yeah. So people are sleeping on this title move. Like, wow. it's really smart. But um, whether it's good for anybody outside of Jay and Beyonce, I don't know. Like, mm. I don't think he's giving that data to like anyone that's, that's on title. You, yeah. you see what I mean? Like, um, what was the question? I've lost track actually. I've gone on a. There's a content quality. The content quality. The content quality so far to me is dope. And I like for 444. He, they had like videos for each track. I think they've done that mm. with Lemonade as well. And maybe even stream exclusive like concert. Yeah. I, I think it's a good idea. I think okay. somebody had to do it. Like, And I respect that Jay is trying to do the whole full stack to use the technical term. Full like yeah, As a control so. production, uh, concert, yeah. distribution. It's pretty smart. Maybe Kanye's trying to do that a little bit as well. Because he nah, had that not, whole... Let's not talk about Kanye. <laughs> Do you know how disappointed I am in myself? Because you know how he, that whole that whole Trump thing, yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm boycotting this guy. Yeah. I caved in it, so I was like, let me listen to this album because there was too much too much noise on social of media. Course, yeah, I caved and listened to the album and against my own principles, and it wasn't even that good. It was alright. That's so annoying. It was alright. If I'm gonna compromise my principles, at least mm. let it be a classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was but like, it's not even a classic. Listen. Yeah, like. But you don't know until you listen to it. I know, but like the way, oh, man. 
I'm disappointed in myself, man. Uh, you caved in. I caved in. I was. I really yeah, was like. Yeah, you, you can delete it now. Yeah, you can, don't. No, keep but listening. I have on Spotify. I've the streams. I can't take the streams back. I can't take them streams back. Damn, just damn watch. Maybe he'll invite you to Wyoming next time. Oh hell no! Would you have gone? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, you would have gone. Man, I'd be like, yo, college dropout. <laughs> <laughs> you came dressed like a teddy bear, like from the first original album. I'd like, just be there with the sign, <laughs> like, flashing lights, flashing lights. Oh my days. You really would have gone. After all of the whole Trump thing, if Trump was there, would you have gone? Yeah, why not? You would have gone. Yeah, man. You give me five minutes with Trump, I'd What take would you have done? You think I wouldn't take five minutes with Trump? To say what? I don't know. I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll grab his phone and just start sending some tweets. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Techish. Yo, Secret Service will dash you down real quick. <laughs> They're not playing around, man. But like, there's. Probably for us in an immigration detention center as well. This now goes on to like um, a Twitter thread that we were doing last week. Gosh, my voice. I'm really sorry. Um, talking about like whether you would take an MB or an OB or something like that, right? Oh, Lord. I'm but not saying we're going to it, but, but what I'm let's trying explain. to say is let's like, okay, we have to explain let, what that let, is for the US audience what that is. Okay, yeah. So for, for people listening outside of the UK who aren't familiar, every year the Queen. Um, releases an honors list. And these honors um, basically uh, award the people who have brought, you know, great achievements to society. It's an acknowledgement that you've reached, you know, the peak of your game, the top of your game. And they're awarded to people across arts, media, science, technology, business, etc. Now, they all make reference to the empire because things like uh, you know, MBE is like member of the British Empire. And yeah. So there's the OBE, oh. which is Order of the British Empire, which is kind of like third. Then there's like MBE, member of the British Empire, which is second. Then the ultimate uh, accolade is knighthood. You become a sir. Yeah. That one doesn't reference, you know, uh, empire, but you, you, you're no longer a Mr. or a Mrs. You're a sir, mm. right? And I think it's similar to like the Presidential Medal of Freedom. It's that kind of level where yeah, like exactly. the highest person, the head of state gives you an award that says you've killed it. Yes. Um, so yeah, go on. So what, you tweeted out something so, that's interesting. So so um, Nat- Natalie on Twitter, as Natalie is online, um, who's like big person in the tech world and a lot of stuff around like inclusion in society in general, uh, started a really interesting conversation around this. And then we had like Alex Fafega uh, of Kamuzi Labs and AI Lab here in London chiming into the debate. A, a bunch of people across social media started talking about it. Um, she was making the point that she doesn't understand why high profile um, black people of African descent have accepted these honors, given the fact that they are so intrinsically tied to the empire which you know oppressed us oppressed mm. our ancestors and mm. the legacy of which is still creating inequities uh, mm. you know for our communities today mm. so the point that i made was like okay if it wasn't called obembe like mm. if it wasn't linked to the empire mm. would you take it and the point that i'm trying to make is we need status to make change we need influence Mm. to make change and sometimes in order to reach that level Mm. you have to be in a room with people you don't necessarily like and don't want to associate with so for example when you're asking me something like oh would i take five minutes with donald trump like you know the man's a misogynist and he disgusts me if i'm honest like he'd probably try and grab my pussy for all i know but at the same time (laughs) but at the same time you know is there an opportunity like you know is there an opportunity speaking to literally the president of the United States to you know say something, make a point and and create that sound bite that mm-hmm. infiltrates his mind. Okay. So but going back to the MBE OBE thing, mm. you, are you conflicted about it basically? So yes, you, I am would, conflicted would about it. Would you accept? It. Because um Would you be MBE? And we know an MBE actually. We had an MBE here in the studio. Yeah we did. We did and yeah, we never asked her about it. Like, yeah right and um 
this is this is how I feel about it. Like the the longer I go on my entrepreneurship journey, the more I become aware of capitalism. And I think it's all good and well to like have values and pontificate and all this stuff. But like, I just want to change stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want to change the world for the better. Mm-hmm. And I only have X years on earth. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly believe that th- the symbolism of not taking it has less impact to make change than actually taking it and mm. then using that title to build the network, create more opportunities, raise the profile of the work that I do. That's no, I that's you. where I feel right now. That could change. That could change. But. I think it's a strong case. I understand. Like if you're an MBE, you have you know a lot more influence to change mm. the world in the direction that you want to do. It's mm-hmm. whether um, how much you know how much does it go against your spirit? Like to to have you know a member of the British Empire attached attached to your name. I I'm conflicted on it. Also, I don't know if I would accept it. I like to think I wouldn't. To be honest. Um, so Benjamin Zephaniah, who's like a famous. Uh, uh, British Jamaican poet or Black Black Britain poet um, from Birmingham, he was famously, he'd turned it down and he wrote an open letter in The Guardian saying, this is why I haven't accepted it. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. There's another lady, I've forgotten her name. She's like a journalist um, of like uh, Indian descent. I've forgotten her name. She's a really prominent woman. I'm so sorry, I forgot her name. She accepted it and later on regretted accepting it and sent it back. Yeah, I think after the Iraq war. Oh, interesting. I think Wally Shoyinka... Nobel laureate from Nigeria also rejected it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have rejected it. I mean, it's, um, you know, so Benjamin Zephaniah said he was an, he's also an anti-racist campaigner and he has, you know, lobbied um, at the time, uh, Tony Blair, the government of the day, for many anti-racist campaigns and he got ignored. He got airtime. They didn't, didn't, they didn't respond back to him. But then he gets a letter from the head of state saying, we want to give you this award. And it's like, well, why are you, why are you not acknowledging me on the issues that I care about? But um, now you want to co-opt me yeah. and say, listen, look, look how diverse we are, right? So it's, it's oh, very I difficult. See. Yeah. Because another, another point of conflict I have is this. Like, I don't believe that the queen is racist. I don't know. I mean, I... But it's not about the queen personally. It's about what she represents. Okay, okay, you, fine. You see what I mean? It's not the queen. I, but, I'm sure the queen... Like, I'm a Republican. I don't believe in the monarchy, but yeah. I have nothing against the queen personally. I'm sure she's right. a lovely woman, right? But what does she represent? I don't know. Is, you she tell repre- me. I mean, the royal family... I, I was reading um, Black Britons. It's a book about the history of black people yeah. and Britons, right? And like the royal family like were the first investors in the slave trade. And it's never been an apology. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, as in, and that money has been invested and reinvested and compounded. Yeah. And the wealth of this nation has been built upon that. Yeah. So the counter argument you can make is that we are existing in Great Britain. The greatness of Britain, Great Britain, comes from the fact of the empire. That's where it came right. from. Great Britain. Right. Rule Britannia. Britannia ruled the waves. Yeah. All of the institutions, the universities, everything that exists here mm. has been built upon plunder, slavery, theft, and obviously some ingenuity yeah. and capitalism and all of the great Same things, with America. right? So like for us to even say, we don't want this part, but I'm existing and trying to thrive in yeah. in the rest of the economy and society and, and go to the institutions. I've been to UCL and all these universities, yeah. right? Am I being a hypocrite? I don't that's, know. I, well, that's the thing, right? Because where do you draw the line? So for example, like Natalie is at Oxford University right Correct. now, right? She yeah. could have turned down a place at Oxford University. Yeah. I could have turned down a place at London School of Economics. Yeah. We went to boarding school here in the UK. Most of our teachers were white. Our syllabus was written by white people. Um, I, I don't know if being British today and the British royal family today still stands for empire. I, I personally so why don't have it feel in it? So why do they have it, it in it? Why is it it's in, it's in the title? That's because the it's tradition. It's yeah. tradition. I, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about some Yoruba traditions, for example. Mm. Um, in my culture, on my Nigerian heritage, you know, Mothers aren't supposed to be at their children's funerals. 
Mm. And there's like a lot of, you know, discourse around this right now because mm. people see it as unfair, as unjust. Mm -hmm. Some people still, you know, kill twins mm. because it's seen as an evil omen. Mm. There's always going to be some kind of lag between, you know, dropping traditions, which mm. no longer makes sense. Mm. Um, but also equally hanging on to them because they're so entrenched in our identity. But you know what the thing is? I'm sh I don't know the situation in Nigeria, but you're talking about you're talking as if there's a conversation that's being had about it, right? Within Nigeria, mm. this conversation is not being had. This conversation is being had amongst uh, Black and POC people within the UK, right? right. Because we are the children of um, we had the diaspora who were affected by X, Y, Z that the empire did. Yeah. But it's not a conversation that's being had in British mainstream society. In fact, Britain hasn't rec rec come to rec hasn't reconciled mm. with the history of empire. When the Conservative government came back into power, they wanted to change the history curriculum so that empire was promoted, as in it was, we should be proud of what we've done. Mm. So for me to, say, to compare it to something where, where in Nigeria they're saying, well, we're not sure about this, this might be wrong, mm. and there are voices, mm -hmm. competing voices, that's fair enough. But this is something that people are proud of, their empire, of the empire in this country, to be brutally yeah. honest. Like we, there, there hasn't been an apology. There hasn't been any kind of like, you know, a nuanced view where we yeah. say empire did some okay things, but also did some terrible things. It's, it's basically theft and armed robbery on a mass scale. So let's say the queen was listening to Tekka. Shout out Lizzie. Yeah. Shout out Lizzie. Shout what's Lizzie. going on here, Lizzie? <laughs> we saying. Oh, what's that? What's that? <laughs> and she was like, okay, I, I, I want to do something about this. I, mm. wa I want a title that people aspire to regardless of their background. Mm. Mm. What is what Listen, is something we can say? A title change would would be help would be helpful. It would it would if it was something that was more I hate to use the word but more inclusive then it yeah. would, then fair enough. I also think the point you're making is a really solid one. Like, can we have an open discourse around the legacy of empire? I mean, Rennie Edo Lodge made a wonderful contribution to this debate when she published "Why I No Longer Talk to White People I've About got, Race." I've got the book in my bag actually. But the onus <laughs> shouldn't be on these individual thought leaders. You know, I mentioned her, but there are dozens of other people doing this. Mm. Most of them are women or people of color. Um, you know, maybe we do need to keep this debate going and bring it to a wider audience around the curriculum, around, you know, pop culture, around the media. And like, you know, what are we talking about? And are we educating ourselves and being mm. on the same page about this? I think it's hard. I think countries are built upon stories. Nations are kept together by stories. And it's hard, for, it's, hard to, it's hard for people to acknowledge that, that what bounds this nation is a lot of evil. They can't. Mm. Who wants to acknowledge that? Yeah, you see what I'm saying nobody wants to acknowledge that. That's a hard thing to swallow. I mean, if you look at, I wouldn't. It's not comparable, obviously. But if you look at in Germany, for example, their recent history, mm. they seem to have kind of acknowledged it and, mm -hmm. and got over it, right? Mm -hmm. There are certain things that you just can't say or do in Germany yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. And we haven't. That conversation is just not had. It's shut down completely, and we're told to be proud of it, and we're told that we have to have titles with with it in, in its name, and we should yeah. be happy to have it. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm throwing all, all this out here. I'm not even. I haven't got a hard and fast answer because I also <laughs> understand, you know. My mum would love it if I was mm. to be like, mum, mumsy would be so proud. Like yeah. she came as an immigrant and now her child is here mm. at the pinnacle of British society. Yeah. As a, as you, she came as a refugee. Mm. Like, this is not a joke. Like I understand. I would find it. That's why I would find it so hard pressed to turn it down. Mm. Mm. It's difficult. It is really hard. One thing that I'll say on this, which kind of links into London Tech Week, which I want to talk about really briefly, was one of the things that I think makes it difficult to have a conversation about this. And I'm speaking specifically about UK you know, pop culture, general society, is that unlike the US, um, where people banned the word racism and racist around quite a lot, Islamophobia, etc. In the UK, we actually find it really, really difficult to label discrimination and mm. call it what it is. Mm. Um, so in London Tech Week last week, right, was fortunate to attend events like, you know, COGX, the big AI festival, Startup Grind, 
there were a lot of conversations around diversity, a lot of panels around, you know, what are we doing to make tech teams representative of their customers, etc. But as one person pointed out, the word diversity is said a lot. Um, And the point that I made was because it's easier to say diversity than to say homophobia Mm. or transphobia or Mm. Islamophobia or classism, Mm -hmm. racism, sexism. Yeah. And I think until we as a you know, society here in the UK can become comfortable with naming discrimination and basically just calling it what it is, like mm. stop pussyfooting around mm. it, um, it will be hard to have these conversations and we will remain polarized on, this, on these topics. Here, here. Everybody got that. So this is a story that we talked about before. Um, a very notorious company and a very notorious founder now, unfortunately, uh, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. So to give you the quick backstory, if you haven't listened to any of the previous techish episodes, tuck, tuck. Um, uh, Elizabeth Holmes was a 19-year-old dropout from Stanford, and um, she claimed that she had invented a device that would take a small prick of blood on your finger and would be able to give you really um, deep-seated uh, blood work analysis that would be comparable to using a lot of blood, essentially. I've described it wrong, but you get the gist of it it turned out that she her device didn't do what she claimed it could do it turned out that there was a lot of fraud and deception that they were actually just using off-the-shelf devices and trying their best to kind of hide the fact that their technology didn't work they They uh, were faking demos they were faking demos they got to a nine billion dollar valuation at one point they had partnerships with uh, walgreens um and now they have faced they're facing a civil suit and now they're also facing criminal charges she's facing up to several years in jail actually yeah um, decades in jail she's not allowed to be a ceo for like 10 years based off the civil charges as well the last time we talked about this we basically said this is the danger of hyping up founders too soon and, yep. and the culture of celebrating entrepreneurship to the point of deification now the, the chickens have come home to roost it's the um it looks like she's she may very well go to jail and it's it's i've never seen such a uh i was gonna say rags to riches riches to rags in, yeah. in, in such a short period of time like literally she was being thrusted as the you know female self-made billionaire yes and that was jail time it's really interesting because is she the most fraudulent tech founder in recent history? Probably not. Who would you say? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, I think Mark, yeah, and I, you can make that argument. Mark Zuckerberg is fraudulent in the sense that he sold his product, the benefits of his product as, you know, connecting, yeah. everybody's connected together and friendship. But actually, studies have shown that Facebook leads to depression. Actually, this is, and even Facebook scientists have come out and acknowledged that it leads to depression, like yeah. a teenage, increase in teenage suicide. And, you know... Mark Zuckerberg's kids probably are not on Facebook yeah, and will and, never be. Um, yeah, and say bye-bye to democracy in elections because, mm. you know, hey, presto, it's going to get hacked by the Russians. Yeah. So I get, yeah, I think that's more of, he has completely missold the benefits of his products. This is actually, my opinion, much worse because... What about Juicero? What's that one? Juicero. Oh, Juicero, uh, yeah. the juice machine. That they... Yeah, that but I mean... also faked its tech, uh, proprietary technology. I think the faking your technology when you're working within the medical realm, mm. to me, it's a whole other ballpark. Right. Because Theranos literally was like working with doctors and, te- and giving them like false blood work. Yeah, okay. People are like, I'll oh, wait for HIV results here. Yeah. And like AIDS blood tests and, and, you, and, you're, and you're fucking around like that. Yeah. Like I, we talked about it last time again, but this whole fake it to your maker culture, it can work in software. If yeah. you are building a product where, you know, you need to build an MVP and you need a landing page, I've done this before and the product isn't really built for like, or fully fleshed out. Yeah, you can do that with software. You can't do that with medical stuff. You just can't do that in hardware and medical devices. And you, 
I honestly think she needs to be thrown in jail and locked away the key for a long time as a lesson to other entrepreneurs. It saddens me that it's like, you know, it's a, it was such a, like a heartwarming story about a woman entrepreneur killing it, like, and, and, and going so far and, and raising so much money and, and, and bursting down the doors, but it can't be accepted, like what she's done. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. People shouldn't, you know, especially when it comes to personal data like this, um, be messing around. Um, it's it's a shame because, like you said, there was a time when she was literally the superstar and mm. all of that was just house of cards, like built on lies. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, when we spoke about it before, uh, we spoke about the due diligence of her investors mm. and, you know, what went wrong. Mm. So I just want to know what is being done to prevent it from happening again mm. beyond just punishing her. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't think anything has been done. Mm. I, I sincerely doubt there'll be anything but superficial changes. I don't think this has affected Silicon Valley at all. I haven't heard much conversation about what does this mean about Silicon Valley and, yeah. and the culture of Silicon Valley. I've, all I've heard is what a bad person she is and yeah. you know how terrible was it. Um, I think interestingly enough, like her fa- a lot of the board members were like ex-military, and um, she had like a really high-profile lawyer that was involved in some other really high-profile case. I think the Enron case, some some really high-profile lawyer. Wow. So. She wasn't really, the argument that has been made is that she was very much protected away from the Silicon Valley world. Like she didn't have like tech people on her board. And whenever she did raise investment, she wouldn't show people the tech. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the defense that everybody's throwing out there. I don't think it's good enough personally. Because I was going to say, like, I'm not going to invest in something if I haven't seen how it works. Yeah. But I think people are also very much like afraid of missing out on opportunities. So if you see a big big VC firm invest, you're like, well, I've got to invest Mm. and I've got to throw money in at this this valuation because otherwise we're going to miss out on the next you know next big facebook or google or whatnot so the next story is about snapchat they've partnered with SeatGeek to sell tickets um within the application and you know what i'm gonna sound like an old fogey i don't mm. have snapchat i don't use snapchat anymore I haven't, used, I haven't used it since the day that instagram put in instagram stories you're joking i'm the least qualified person to talk about this app all i, I know is snapchat. that the share price is tanked and the profit is mm. out they're non-existent yeah so you talk, you talk about snapchat what do you think um yeah it's interesting watching snapchat pivot it's a bit it's a bit like a a fish that's landed on dry land like floundering around like i feel like every month there's some kind of new feature or a partnership yeah or a revenue stream being launched um will snapchat be able to capture the audience of like you know preteens and teens who are fleeing facebook um and also like basically have multiple social media apps, right? I don't Mm. believe it's a winner-takes-all game. I think you can be on Instagram and be on Snapchat, use them in different ways. Mm. Even as a millennial, you know, I I mean, I feel old, but I'm still communicating with one person across five different platforms, Messenger, WhatsApp, whatever. So I, I, you know, I don't don't think Snapchat is dead yet. Um, And I think, if anything, they just IPO'd too soon. And that's what everyone says. Everyone Mm. says they they don't have a sustainable business model. Mm -hmm. They're not profitable. Mm -hmm. The glass is lost loads of money but if snapchat were still private we wouldn't be critiquing them in this way because Mm. you know they they are still growing in terms of new users and they still have very healthy daily active users in Mm. terms of numbers it's not like they don't have an engaged audience they Mm. have an engaged audience and Mm. that's more than many social media platforms can say i think it makes sense that they pivot into events in this way or at least like you know create an offering there um they're already present at most live events and you know there are stories from festivals and things like that so mm. so what they're partnering with SeatGeek now they're gonna sell tickets um I think they're gonna do well and also like I mean entertainment and live events is a huge market mm. 
and only growing mm. um, as all types of creators, um, and, you know, content makers. So how, how, I wonder events. how will it work. So you think within your stories, you'll be able to kind of purchase tickets like I think, to an event. Yeah, definitely. It's and clever integration. By the way, um, unrelated, but did you notice that Messenger have launched adverts now? In your messenger inbox. I try not to go in it, to be honest. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I have noticed that, though. But yeah, I noticed it for the first time yesterday. I was just like, who the hell is this? And it was just like... So as in it comes up as a message? Yes. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. That's yes. creepy. Like, do you remember when Gmail used to have sponsored messages in your inbox? Yes. At the very top? Yes. Facebook are now doing that with Messenger. I was just like, nah. I'm shaking nah. my head, but I don't know why nah, I Mark. expected any different. Nah, man. Nah, it's not cool. And you know what? They're, they're trying to do that with WhatsApp as well. It's because they want to maximize, they, they, get, they get ad revenue based on impressions. And since fewer people are on Facebook and fewer people are on the home feed, they're like, oh, we'll just shove them into Messenger because then people have to look at them. Yeah, actually, Shady. you do. And Shady. Does it come up as a notification though? No, I literally opened my inbox and it was there. I, oh, no, I, I don't have badge. Do you, get, do you get notifications? I don't have badge notifications on Facebook anyway, uh, so I'll have okay. to turn them on and test and let you know. And you know what? We're actually, that links into something else that we're going to talk about later about, in terms of notifications. But on Snapchat... Um, they've opened up their API in general anyway now for like third party logins you know where you can sense. log in with Facebook and, and whatnot, and you can but, share stories on other third party apps and you can share your own stories you can share things from other apps into stories and you can share things from stories into other apps now potentially anyway that's good um, I do think Evan Spiegel he kind of has always wanted to make Snapchat like a walled garden similar to where Apple is where right. the only way you, could, like, you can interact with Snapchat is within the app and within their products like mm. lenses and whatever um, so I do think there is an element of like they're floundering they're like we need to, we need to try things that the public markets are going to respond to and we, yeah. and we need to find a way to make it work to me I'm still very bearish on Snap like I, I don't think I would recommend anybody buy that stock like I don't I think in a year's time it could literally be like five dollars what I, yeah I don't I mean wow you've got the most focused and a cutthroat CEO in the world making it his life mission to destroy Snap taking all their features and putting it mm. across all the top four apps you know WhatsApp stories Messenger stories mm. Facebook stories yeah. Instagram stories um I can't see Insta how. Insta have the face filters now as well. Exactly, right? And, and actually, people say that Instagram stories is a better product in terms of like, you can send a text and someone was telling me like, because I don't use Snapchat anymore, stories, I can't mm. compare the two. But like a lot of people say that Instagram stories is a better user experience. So, yeah, I don't, there's I don't more see, options. But yeah, I, mean, I don't see yeah. how, how it's going to work for them. Um, but, and I feel sorry for Evan Spiegel to a certain extent, as much as you can feel sorry for a billionaire, like, <laughs> <laughs> don't get interested. But like, he, he, he actually is a product visionary. He mm. pioneered stories. That was a great ingenuity yeah. like, of, of a feature and they just ripped it off. Yeah. And back in the day in tech, if you ripped off someone's feature like for like like that, you would be looked Backlash. down. Yeah, you'd, yeah, people were like, you're a clone. Like, you mm. can't do that. Where's your innovation? But now... It's just like, oh, well, whatever. Big tech is big corporate. Well, yeah, big tech big, is co yeah, big tech is corporate. <laughs> oh, these are corporations now. That's the next Michael Moore documentary. With Messenger, but this is something related to digital wellness. My least favorite phrase, actually, digital wellness. I think it's an oxymoron. It doesn't. Make any <laughs> it's an oxymoron. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, um, so both Apple and Android have basically, in their latest uh, up software updates, have integrated features that are meant to reduce the time or made to, meant to make you more aware of the time that you're spending on their devices. So Apple in iOS 12 will have a better do not disturb feature and a morning screen devoid of notifications to ease you up for the day. Which that is actually quite ingenious. Yeah. Because I bloody hate when you wake up in the morning and you just see a green that's just screen full of yeah. messages and you're like oh my god oh, i gotta read like ease me up through the day um and quiet notifications that don't appear on your lock screen blah 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 and you can set a time limit for each app okay now this has now prompted mm. 
um, Instagram take it into their own hands and do similar features. They're going yeah. to apparently release time spent on app type yeah. features. And I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, in terms of Apple doing it, I get it because Apple is basically, they, once Apple makes its money by selling you their devices. That's their money made, right? Yeah. Instagram makes its money by how long you spend on their app. Yeah. Potentially anyway. Mm. So for Instagram to put this feature in, tells me that they're running, I think Facebook is slightly scared about the backlash that their products are getting and how addictive their products are. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a drug dealer saying, I'm not going to sell you anymore, <laughs> guys. Like, that's it. Like, that's too much. Like, you're going to overdose. But couldn't it also be more like a, a publicity stunt versus an actual thing? Because oh, yeah. Instagram's been designed in a way that it's, like, incredibly addictive. So, and they already have the data on how many people are spending, you know, X percent of their days on Instagram. Like, realistically, guys, listening, people listening, if you wake up and you open Insta and you're, like, commuting and you're on Insta, like, you're probably on Insta more than any other app. You're probably on Insta more than you read a book, more than you speak to your loved ones. The book thing goes without saying. Definitely, and probably even more than your loved ones. You know what I mean? So they've already created the crack of apps. Yeah. Adding in a feature to reduce the time. Ain't nobody going to switch that on. Who's going to switch that on? Yeah, that's true. And also, no one's going to switch it on. But you're right, it is a PR thing. But and that's what I meant, though. They're basically trying to prevent there being some kind of self-imposed regulation. I mean, Apple kind of, it's not a governmental body, but they kind of supersede Instagram mm. because it's their platform. So they're kind of imposing some sort of time limit, right? So Instagram yes. is saying, let's circumvent that and, and get out in front and do our own one. Yeah. Uh, but to me, like, when your business model mm. is keep you addicted and even you have to acknowledge that you're too addicted... Mm-hmm. it's crazy like it's absolutely yeah. crazy like the drug dealer analogy is the only one I can actually yeah. think of like yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah like, for example I was on the flight recently and when I landed like I could just see everybody get their phone out yeah. Instagram I was like wow yeah hell of a product they've made there mm. like if let's say you had made a product that was that addictive would you be mm. concerned would you be like money I'd be like, I'd be like on my yacht on my yacht <laughs> like, oh, partying with Rihanna no um, I it's funny because someone just recommended the book Hooked to me, which is all about building. Oh my lord, that is like the products. Silicon Valley, like right. What's the What's the Devil's Bible? I've forgotten it. I can't remember. <laughs> is it Hooked? Maybe it could be that, but it's basically <laughs> like the dark magic book of Silicon Valley that everybody recommends. Um, like, so we have this like horrible cognitive dissonance where we're trying to make the world a better place through the products we build, but we're equally trying we? to destroy people's. Li- well, I am. You are personally. And about. that's we the say, narrative. We, say we though, as in, no, as in but the no industry. one, no one's out there like ha 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 ha. I'm trying to destroy the planet and get rich at the I same time. I think people time. are like ha, ha, ha. just like other capitalists are like I want to make as much money as possible, and if things get effed up in the process, so like I don't care. It's not my business. Like, yeah, but to, like, but like, that's like Jeff Bezos. Mm. But people see Jeff Bezos as a visionary. I've, yeah, they do. But he's also just trying to make as much money as possible. He is trying to make an insane. And he's godly. doing a very good job. He's of it. well done, Jeff. Like, shout out you to know? Jeff. Like, but I mean, like, I, 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 yeah, I know what you're saying. No one's intentionally setting out to do bad things. But I think once you get a level of wealth, like Zuckerberg mm. and Jeff, you turn a blind eye to the to the negative externalities. I know that's a word that you like to use quite a lot. Like, to, <laughs> I am an economist. Yeah, so. there we go. That um, that you that your products create, you turn a blind eye to it. You see what I'm saying? So mm. I'm genuinely surprised they've done it. And I think, to be honest, it smells of panic. I think they're like... Flip. I don't know. I, I, I feel that, you know, prevention is always better than cure. And if they really wanted to have an impact on how their technology is affecting individuals' lives, then they would completely redesign the products. Because the reality is, you know, having a red notification badge... Um, That's Apple's fault, though. 
The red notification badges. Oh, you mean like within the, like within the app? Yeah, but I'm talking about Apple. Uh, I mean, uh, even yeah. Instagram. You know, oh, so and so's like this. So and so's like that. Oh, look, you can comment on stories. You can do this. By the very design of the product, they are creating addictive behaviors, and they're giving us those little dopamine hits. Mm. So dopamine hits. Oh, look, someone's liked your post. Oh, someone's liked your story. Oh, look how many people have viewed your story. I didn't make an Instagram story until I was in Nigeria. I made my very first Instagram story, and I also had recently turned notifications back on. At the end of my first story, I got a notification saying, 298 people have viewed your story. Wow. See who's, see who's looked at it now before the story disappears. So obviously I'm like, damn, 298 people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fancy now. You popping. So I was like, okay, opened it up. And then it's like, do you want to download this list? Do you want to upload it? Do you want to send them a me-? And I was like, wow, like you're already creating more addictive behaviors mm, for me. Mm. So I did like it seems it's it's really hard for this to not feel um disingenuous yeah, when I know I that the design of the product is not changing. Mm. Like you're not making it less addictive, you're not making it less So there should there be like um like a mode that you could set on that would be like less addictive mode where it would Yeah, like, black would, and white. Yeah. Or or maybe like less notifications, less like um you know, for example, telling you like, I think it should come with a health warning. I think it should come with a warning. Very, like, I think it very well may do in the future. I think it should be like, please note that if you spend more than 30 minutes on Instagram every day, you're more likely to feel fat, ugly, poor, and boring. And what I said about Facebook scientists, so they came out and... Um, so there's been multiple studies about the, the, the negative effect of social media on your mental health. But so Facebook did its own internal study. And obviously their one is slightly more glossed over. It basically said that if you spend your time on social media, just perusing and looking at things and just endlessly scrolling, it has a negative effect. Mm. If you're using social media to connect with your friends and organize like real life meetups, then it can have a positive effect. But let's keep it real. Most of us are not doing that. Of course not. Most of us are not like, because you can go on Facebook and be like, oh, where there are events that are near me. Who's going to that event? Can you? Yeah, you can. There's oh. an event. There's an, exactly right. There's an event. <laughs> I've discovered actually quite a good, quite a good um, amount of events. I think they actually should spin out an events app personally mm. and compete with Eventbrite. That's a whole other story. Um, Facebook, you can holler at me for consulting if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but most of us are not. Most of us are just endlessly scrolling and just mm. looking at. Oh, look what so and so is doing. I'm not doing that. Yeah. They're on holiday. I'm not on holiday. And I'm guilty of that because when I'm on holiday, I'm like, yeah, look at me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm oh. out here, Machu Picchu, baby. Like, yeah. you're not here. It's tough luck. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we're all guilty of it. Mm. Um, obviously, and we've talked about it many times. It's the highlight reel of your life. It and is. you're constantly viewing other people's highlight reels. But anyways, yeah, maybe a less addictive mode um, with less notifications and... and health, uh, warning. health warning. A health warning. Health warning. And... Just like cigarettes, perhaps. And that's probably what they're trying to preempt. They don't want that kind of external regulation. Mm. And they want to say, okay, look, we're trying to self-regulate here mm. because the, the narrative about big tech has changed dramatically. The last mm. five years ago, five years ago, it was like tech is going to save us. These are the visionaries. Google don't do no evil. Uh, Facebook is connecting the world. And now we're all kind of like, yeah, that was bullshit. Anyways, uh, just wanted to do a quick shout out to Camille Hurst of kit which was a startup that was kind of like a it gave you like product recommendations that certain influencers had i might be describing it wrong so for example you might have a page for like tim ferris and it would show all the products that he uses and you can you know, it would have like affiliate links so it's a really cool product and uh as a black woman she has you know achieved a successful exit which we've got a shout out whoop, whoop. give whoop, me a whoop. give me a whoop. Oh, there, see. Whoop, whoop. 
<laughs> so shout out to her and she yeah, sold to Patreon for an undisclosed amount. Hopefully she got that coin. And yeah, just you know, when these things happen, we've got to shout them out. Celebrate I think. those wins. We gotta celebrate those wins. Um yeah. Basically our little thing at the end where we talk about keys to success. You know, keys this is when success. we get on our like self-help guru hat. So you know what I'm saying? And also get go out there and cop dream big, hustle hard. Just thought I'd throw that out. That's oh, thanks, bro. Bug. Sequel coming soon. Watch yeah. out. <laughs> Gonna be some fire on the streets. Um, so what do you want to talk about for hustle tips, Abadesi? Um, there was a really good viral thread that Naval Ravikant, founder of Angelist, posted all about how to get rich. That's your well, boss as well, right? Well, yeah, he's the president of my company. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Promotion. Um, but it was, like, it was a good thread because it was all about like how to get... <coughs> Sorry. Abadesi's dying on us. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take over. It's, it's how to get rich without getting lucky. Thank That's you. the title of the thread. And it's a long Twitter thread. I recommend everybody read it. And it's literally got like 30 tweets. I don't necessarily know if we're going to go through all of them. Mm. Um, Shall we pick out some standout ones? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, What I like about it is that all of the things are like completely attainable and understandable. Yeah, it's very much understandable. Um, So the first one, his first tip on how to get rich without getting lucky is seek wealth, not money or status. Wealth is having assets that earn while you sleep. Money is how we transfer time and wealth status is your place in social hierarchy so he's saying it's all about wealth not about money or status basically mm. so it's about uh what nipsey hustle calls mailbox money getting money while you sleep yeah you wake up in the morning you've got 10 properties they're bringing an in income or you've got a business <coughs> that is working while you're sleeping mm. that's the key basically right we kind of all know that intuitively that's easier said than done um the next one is understand that ethical wealth creation is possible if you secretly despise wealth it will elude you I am not sure about this one. <laughs> I think what he's trying to say is like, you can't hate money and want yeah, to make money. You can't hate money. If you hate money, you're never going to get yeah, money, which, which is, is cool. True. If you think like this whole thing is like flawed from get from up from beginning to end and there's like making money itself isn't evil in itself. Yeah. Then yeah, no point. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was quite good is like pick an industry where you can play long-term games with long-term people. There's a lot being said around our generation being really flighty and like, you know, not sticking around in one company long enough. I think it's fine to like move jobs a lot, but try not to move industries too much mm. because your network is your net worth. And at least even if you like stay within, you know, tech, media or whatever, mm. it's the same face that's floating around, even if there are different companies, but it becomes a lot harder to do that. Yeah. If um, you're in a different industry. So I thought that was really good. I've heard him say like in other uh, contexts, basically there are no close connections as well in the sense that, you're going to run into everybody again at least once. You, you're going to bop around thinking, oh, you know what, let me just screw this person over. I'm never going to see them again. Wrong. It could be five years later. It could be 10 years later. So basically be nice to people. <laughs> um, and he says, pick business partners with high intelligence, energy, and above all, integrity. That actually is a Warren Buffett quote that he's, he's basically parlayed into his own quote. Because basically, the characteristics of intelligence, energy, and integrity are all have to be together because if you have somebody who's intelligent and energetic but they have no integrity you've basically got a smart hard-working crook <laughs> on your team right uh and yeah and one <coughs> the, one each one without the other is not going to work basically mm. if you've got an intelligent person who's inte- got integrity but with low energy you're going to have a lazy person working for you etc etc um i also like this there are no get rich quick schemes that's just someone else getting rich off of you yeah that's real talk Except for my ebook course at 900. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, yeah, that's absolutely spot on. Yeah, there is. There are no get rich quick schemes. 
Um, and you'd be amazed like how many people fall for it. Like, I mm. mean, when I was younger, like after my first undergraduate degree, like um, I knew some dude like who I have a lot of love for, but he would always go to these like seminars that were really seedy and it would be such an, up, like it would always be an upsell. Yeah. And it'd be like, the first person that runs to the stage gets, you know, <laughs> this book that is like a normally a thousand pounds. Yeah. But it's like this time it's, only, it's only 30 pounds. And you're like, oh my God. I'm like, bro, like, you know, none of this is real. Like, do you know what I mean? So... Has to be said, there are no get-rich-quit schemes. Mm. Uh, any other stand-up ones? Um, I just want people to read the whole thread. I mean, it's really good. Some some of them are definitely, like, way better than others. But also this idea of, like, you know, owning equity because equity creates wealth. I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, my God, but I'm broke. I'm still paying off my loans. I don't have money for savings. I'm trying to get my ass to Burning Man or, like, whatever. <laughs> Like, the truth is, like, you can start creating equity with a very small sum. Like, most of us here in the UK, for example, we have, like, ISAs. You can get, like, lifetime ISAs where the government will, like, pay money into it on your behalf. Mm -hmm. People listening in other countries, like, there are always options for you to invest beyond a standard savings account. For most of us, interest rates are super low at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, just go on personal finance blogs. Like, Bola Sol has an incredible one, Refined Currency. There's Vespod, which is, like, making investment easy for women. There are so many money-saving experts. Like, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. There are really small ways you can start putting your money to work. And I'm not talking about crypto and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Although, obviously, if you have researched that, then that is, like, one option. But, you know, yeah. there's, like, there are bonds, there are shares, there's everything. Like, just try and, like, look, five pounds a month or $5 a month over a year becomes, you know, 60. And then over Compounding the next year... baby. And, like, exactly. When you think of the compounding interest, it really does grow over time. So no, no sum of money is too small, even at the very least if you're just learning about it. Okay, here's a controversial one I want to think, I want to ask you. I think it's the final tweet, actually. There is no skill called business. Avoid business magazines and business classes. What do you think? Hmm. Interesting. And I'm someone who has my first, my first my undergraduate degree was business with law. I had a lot of business classes. But I want to get your opinion. I think what he's trying to say there is that you can't necessarily become a business specialist because business is like a composite of lots of different skills like mm. product and, you know, marketing, growth, operations. So because earlier in the thread, he talks a lot about personal branding and stuff like that, what he's probably trying to say is like, it's a lot more valuable for you to like focus on what your skills are mm. like where you can add value and build a network within mm. an industry mm. than focus on trying to become a business expert. Um, he also talks a lot about like learning to sell and how selling is really valuable, mm. selling and building. So you know, don't invest in a business course, just invest in a sales course or um, a building course. Did I say that I right? Don't yeah, invest yeah. in a business course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I probably do agree with him. I mean, I studied economics, um, which is really closely linked to business. But I mean, the next business. tweet says study microeconomics, game oh, theory, ah, well, psychology, persuasion, ethics, mathematics and computers. Yeah. Um, so I think... I think also, like, you know, this is just one person's view of the world. And Obviously, yeah. He's yeah, really, yeah. really rich and he's got rich through tech. So he's speaking based on his own experiences yeah. to a similar audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, there is no one set way, but um, it's fun just for the sake of argument, just to dissect what he's saying. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Take everything with a pinch of salt. Like. Actually, I like this last one. And when you're finally wealthy, you'll realize that it that it wasn't what you were seeking in the first place. But that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, of course it isn't, because like humans are really crap at feeling fulfilled. Mm. But hey, that's cool. 
Mm. We've always been like that for thousands of years. Hey, Naval, if it isn't what you, you expect it to be, I'm here to take it off your hands. <laughs> Relieve the load. Abba can help. Yeah. Yeah, Abba can help. We'll take, we'll take the stress <laughs> off your hands. I'll share, we'll share our Amazon wish list at the end of this. Yeah. Let's make a Turkish wish list. Yeah, link at the bottom, Naval, if you, you want to. <clears throat> and anyone else who's listening. <laughs> if we have any other rich listeners. Um, cool, man. I think we'll leave it at that. It's a fun little list. And it's um, been a fun little season two start up. Yeah, thanks for listening. I look forward to returning with my full voice. Yeah. Um, get well soon. How about everybody send your, your get well soon wishes to her? Thank you. If you haven't left us a review yet. Yeah, I'll take over because Abba's voice is struggling right <laughs> now. <laughs> if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, please do that. Don't just okay. be like an idle listener. Please like help us out. It really helps. And use the hashtag techish um, and just like uh, give us your thoughts, your opinions on anything that we have or haven't said. Um, and send us an email we've got an email there if you've got any queries that you can send in private or any questions that you want us to answer in a future episode and we'll catch you next week ciao bye